0: In this episode, we speak with Agam Kar, founder and CEO at Absolute Foods, a bioscience company leveraging the best of nature, science, and innovation to build a better future for people and the planet. The company's AI-driven operating system can be implemented across vertical farms, greenhouses, open farms, and other areas, enabling farmers to grow crops without using synthetic enzymes and GMOs. Based in Delhi, India, Absolute operates across 16 countries and is backed by Sequoia, Tiger Global, and AlphaWave. Prior to Absolute, Agam ran India's leading industrial robotics and factory automation company, working across various sectors: food and beverage, pharma, auto, oil and gas, steel, and cement. I'm your host RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. If you like the episode, click the subscribe and drop us a comment. RJ Lumba is the managing partner of GrowthCap and the executive chairman of Market Insight Media. He is the host of Growth Investor, a podcast featuring today's best investors, executives and founders. In the minutes ahead, we'll uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. Agam, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's a delight to be with you.
1: It's a pleasure, RJ.
0: Agam, so we came to find Absolute. We do a fair amount of monitoring around high-growth companies. Saw you were backed by Sequoia and Tiger and thought, it'd be really interesting to learn more in this field of bioscience and what you're doing specifically. You've got great name backers. You've raised sizable capital. Maybe what you could do is give us a quick intro on what Absolute does and where it focuses.
1: So Absolute is primarily research-driven bioscience company with focuses on safe and sustainable agri-tech products and solutions, also interests in biomaterials and biocare space. Primarily, what we do is we believe that nature's intelligence is far superior to artificial intelligence, and so it will remain for a long time to come. And so what we decode is simply how nature takes decisions. Nature has been around for billions of years. We have been around for several hundred thousand years, so it knows far more than we know. And with that feeling, we decode every single decision that nature makes, primarily starting with agriculture and then extending to biomaterials and healthcare space.
0: Excellent. So in terms of the agricultural sector, are there certain specific applications you're currently working on? And and is that the physical or is it software? In terms of commercializing your first technology or product, what would that be?
1: So it's a full stack solution from discovery of molecule or microbe or or a chain of protein or anything. I mean, from a discovery to a product, which could go as a farm input as a biofertilizer, biopesticide or a biostimulant from discovery to farm input product to anything that the grower needs on a farm, whether he's growing in a greenhouse, an open farm, a vertical farm, whether the grower needs soil testing service, advisory, Or he needs or she needs insurance, financial products, anything around the agriculture stack, we do end-to-end full stack, the real full stack solution for them. So from discovery to farm input to all the full stack solutions, and then extending these all solutions to 16 countries' markets, uh, because the biggest challenge that growers and farmers see is that they can grow, but there is nowhere to sell. And so they are stuck. So what we therefore did, if you have to be a real full stack solution, giving real solutions and an advantage of income increase from precision agriculture, then you have to give them better markets. And so we gave them markets in 16 countries. So they have this chance today with us to just start with us and then see the money come to their hands without worrying about
0: how they should navigate through the entire cycle. Excellent. So and I presume you are based in India, correct? That's right. And so I assume India is your largest customer.
1: India is our largest base of using our science and technology-based products and services. In terms of markets, we are significantly large, of course, in India, but equally sized in other markets also. We are significantly well-placed in the Middle East, in Southeast Asia region, and, and expanding to Europe and UK region.
0: And so is it that you're able to increase crop yields, increase the efficiency in which crops are able to grow. Can you give us a little bit deeper insight into the results of the technology, the full-stack technology applied?
1: Yes, sure. So when you can decipher how nature makes decisions, what you're basically saying is that then we know why the biomass of a plant will be higher than the biomass of a plant sitting next to it. And if you can enable these decisions in nature, then you will have a higher biomass, which means higher yield you will have better looking, better tasting produce, which means better quality, better grades. And if that is happening, if a grower is having a higher yield and a better quality, that directly translates into more money for the farmer. If you can further go and extend that market capacity to countries beyond the home-growing country, then furthermore increase in income. Everything that the farmer does with us, yield goes up when he uses the farm input product, it has a clear implication on the yield, the average farmer in our cluster has seen that average increase in the yield has been between 35 and 55% people have seen yields which have gone beyond 2x of their earlier production yields people have seen a grade increment of between 25 and 50% there are a number of people who have seen grade better to beyond 50 60% also but that's the median range so there is a clear implication and this we have done in 14 states in india We are now building origins in Southeast Asia and other countries towards the west. And everywhere where growers are associating with us, they are seeing a common trend line, which means that something is clearly working.
0: And how is it actually administered? Does this relate to introducing molecules into the seeds or is it using a fertilizer? So if you ask
1: about monitoring, there is a system where we fetch data from satellites Then we ground truth that data using our IOT stations or our drone stations. Then we further ground truth that data by doing biomarking of soil in that region. So when we say biomarking, we look at the microbial population or the RNA level activity sort of in that region. And then we figure out what exactly is going on in that region, in that particular area. And we use all these data points to then translate and understand what really is going around in that region. Are the inputs that we are giving really making a difference? are the solutions we are giving or the recommendations we are giving while doing the agronomy practice are they making any real change in farmers crop output quality or yield and all of these things we continue to monitor on a very regular basis so there is a very large r d practice which we call as the zenesis institute which powers everything at absolute where we do cutting-edge research on microbiology synthetic biology epigenetics, bioinformatics, bio-enabled hardware, and we also operate an Earth observatory. All of these different departments within Genesis combine to create some cutting-edge research. Over 200 scientists from across the world collaborate to build this. And therefore, the first outcome was this whole universal operating system, which people can use to grow. And then the second bit was the farm inputs, which are revolutionary farm inputs, which actually, where we are saying you can take off chemicals and bio-able your entire growing process. So that is what we have been sort of able to do, powered by this research.
0: Is there any proprietary... Solution in terms of an actual, like a physical liquid solution? Or is this just a combination of things that are already available and you're trying to figure out how to optimize the combination of things that farmers are already using?
1: We are the science people. So we believe that making anything incremental is not useful to the world. And if you have to really impact the world, you have to do things which are exponential in nature. So when we started, we said we do not use the existing things. We have to create things, create technology and products which are way beyond, which will really transform how the world operates today in agriculture. And so all these products, all these input products that we are making are extremely path-breaking in nature. We have gone very deep in the science to look at microbes, secondary metabolites, signaling molecules, RNA and all of these different sort of sciences. And then we combine all these sciences to then say, how can we then produce the best farm inputs that the planet can actually consume? And then we produce them on our own. So it's all proprietary research, all proprietary products across farm inputs. In fact, our digital operating system, which is a cloud system, is also proprietary in nature because all this data stack is proprietary to us. There are hardly any companies in the world which actually can biomark the data and then use that biomarking activity to correlate or correct the data that's coming from satellite and then IoT stations. So even that universal cloud system is very unique and proprietary. And so everything that we do is actually proprietary in nature.
0: Excellent. And is there a crop, fruit or vegetable that has been the most successful for your proprietary technology? We have seen
1: significantly better impact on pomegranates and grapes than other crops. In fact, those are the crops that India has at a large level in India exports also. So those are our initial crops that we focused on, and we have seen extremely good impact on those crops. Farmers are really happy.
0: How about mangoes?
1: We do a lot of work on mangoes, in fact, and you will see that within the coming year, we will also start the trade of mangoes to the global population. See, we have always believed that fruits, vegetables, I mean, these are very basic human rights. And everybody in the world should have access to these great commodities. And so our intent is to create great stuff, which nature intended it to grow like that, and then enable the population across the world to have access to that.
0: You mentioned other uses of your research and technology. What would those be?
1: So apart from AgriStack, the same research that we do around synthetic biology and microbiology can then be used to produce biomaterials. And in the biomaterial space, right now, we are making bio leather. And so what we are seeing is that if you can understand how nature takes decision, then the same intelligence from nature can be used to make these biomaterials. And so that's the first breakthrough product that we have come about from the R&D. And then there are bioenzymes and bioproteins and a couple of other really path-breaking products that we are making in the biocare space, which we will release to the world over the next six months to
0: 12 months. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is where fashion comes into play?
1: Yeah, I mean, see, more than fashion, I mean, why should in the 21st century, you need to kill any animal to get leather? That's against humanity. And so we said, can we really pick up the grandest challenges that humanity faces today? And can we really solve them using science and technology? That's Mm -hmm. who we are. (laughs) And so that came out from that purpose. I mean, it's a big challenge. We have to stop it. Can science enable that?
0: It's a noble and fantastic mission at the same time. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you come to focus on this type of work?
1: So my background from the undergrad, mostly computer science, I specialized in AI. So that's been my area. But in my first job, I I worked with the 11th president of India and a very renowned scientist. And so Dr. APJ Abdul Kalam, and and he was, I, I would give all the credit back to him. He was the guy who taught me most of the stuff around biology, sciences. He kept questioning on a number of things. And that intrigued my mind every now and then around number of things. And so I think it was because of him that I got intrigued into these subjects. Then I ran a company into factory automation, industrial robotics space. And when I was running that company, we literally automated all sorts of factories across cement, glass, pharma, food, biology, medicines, almost everything because we were automating factories. And so that gave me a very good knack around problem solving. And for that matter, it's after that, I started this company in 2015. It's been over seven years now. And I think seven years is quite a good time to actually master anything. So I've spent a lot of time myself in labs, researching on every single molecule that we could extract. Spent a lot of time the first five years doing R&D for five and a half years. Spent a little time studying also biology at Tel Aviv, but largely the place where I learned was either the first job at the president's house and then the second time I learned most of the stuff around biology was working into my own lab.
0: And you were able to attract Sequoia onto your cap table as a capital partner. What do you think was it that catalyzed them to put their money and, and back you?
1: To be honest, they actually approached us and came to us rather than we going to them. And I, in fact, until then, I even didn't know that there is something called venture capital that exists and it could come in the company. And you could get funded and then you could use that capital to run your company. And so the first time, in fact, I spoke with the managing director at Sequoia, I very naively questioned him, can you tell me more about Sequoia Capital? And then very humbly, he took me across the journey of Sequoia and told me a number of things around investments, how it works and how they could help us. And I think that was a very, very important decision in our journey. They actually helped us steer through a number of things at a number of stages in the company
0: and today is the company generating significant revenue or are you more so in still in the kind of the research and development phase
1: we have commercialized our entire agri stack and we are in triple digit million dollar revenue and so we are a revenue generating company the company has come off pretty nicely we are about 600 people spread across these many countries Uh, we operate in about 16 markets today globally the company has come about pretty well stable function and we are now expanding across the world
0: and where do you see this company evolving to in the near term
1: in the near term we see that we will be solving for the agri stack the agri bit of solutions that we brought about and the farm input business which is actually revolutionizing not just sort of replacing those chemicals from the farming which are not necessary but also enabling the soil health the micro diversity uh, that the planet has. And so we believe that that's a huge cause. I mean, there are billions of microbes in the soil. I mean, just ensuring that they all can live happily and in turn can sequester millions of tons of carbon is a great thing. So a large focus going forward is going to be on that aspect, starting with India and then across the world. And then we operate off already the trade business across different countries, these 16 countries. So that is going to go from strength to strength over the next few years. And then our overall agri-cloud SaaS business That's also sort of expanding significantly large. There are over a million beneficiary farmers today who have actually benefited by using our systems. So we see that that is also going to become significantly large. So, overall, a full stack solution around Agri from discovery to the final market, everything around that stack is what we are going to sort of help farmers take up and benefit from that. That's going to be the focus in the short term. Mm
0: -hmm. And thinking about your investors, how have they helped you? How have they added value? to the company? And are you going to be taking on more capital? And are you considering other investors?
1: So to answer the first part of your question, I mean, investors, as I said, I mean, Sequoia, when they came in, they actually taught us how to sort of build the company in a very structured professional way, how to look at corporate governance, how to look at reportings, and all of these sort of things. And they also helped us think through when you have two or three sort of areas to walk into and they all make business sense, which ones to prioritize and how to think about them. So i am very grateful to all the support that they have actually given us. Talking about the other investors, they've been very hands-on. Actually, both of the other investors were actually very instrumental in us able to sort of get through different markets, building those networks and connections. They were actually very hands-on with that sort of brainstorming around uh, the business models, giving ideations around what better can be done. I think uh, for us, it's been a phenomenal partnership with uh, all of them, uh, Falcon Edge, Tiger Global, Sequoia Capital.
0: And do you anticipate raising additional capital?
1: Right now would be too early to say anything because I mean, whatever we raise, the money is actually in bank. All our sort of operations are profitable. So we will think as we go about, if it makes sense to maybe acquire for M&A or other purposes, we may raise uh, at some point in future. But as of now, I mean, as of today, we are looking to build and build well. And so that's the core focus Or the next at least 10 years or so.
0: And what's been the most challenging part of growing the company?
1: I mean, I think not just for us, but for anybody, when you're scaling up, the biggest challenge is to get a great team in place. So people, and once you have got those people, how do you retain them? Or how do you coach them? How do you train them? How do you make them if they were part of, let's say, zero to one journey, how can you sort of coach them so that they can also enable the same rigor in the company uh, when the company is going from one to 10 or from 10 to 100? So I think people is the single largest challenge for any company when they're scaling up, especially in our case, because there is talent which we need, which is very specific, and you don't find these sort of very highly skilled people in these domains. They are only in pockets in different parts of the world. So getting that talent, is something which is very important. And that's a a large focus area for us. I think the second bit which is challenge is when you're getting into new markets, how do you build relationships? And how do you understand the cultural ethos in those countries? And then how do you build plans and strategy to get into those countries? That's the another bit when you're scaling up, you have to be very cautious about. So those are I think the two things. But because of our team, we have a great team in place. And so because of them, all of these things have until now seemed pretty flawless, and they have happened at a good pace.
0: Curious, are you recruiting scientists out of the uh, universities, you know, across the world? Yes, we have looked
1: at a number of universities across the world. We have people from Israel, we have people from U.S., we have people from South Korea. I mean, wherever the best scientists were sitting in the world, we, we just believed in hiring the best talent, not the second best, just the best. So we brought in people from even Ivory Coast, Puerto Rico, Nigeria, I mean, places where wherever they were sitting, the best folks. Excellent.
0: Last two questions, can you tell us about a book that you've read that has had a profound impact on you?
1: Absolutely, I mean, when you're running a startup, it's like a battle and every day you have to wake up and solve for some things. You play it like a sport, but it's a battle. And so we lose touch with a lot of things that are more critical to life. I believe personally that life is a function of people and capital, and those two things are the most important things in life. But I've come about to believe that it's actually a function of three things lately health, people, and capital. So health is the most important. And so there is a book called The Wellness Sense by Om Swami, which actually tells you how you can keep yourself healthy even while when you are in sort of a fast-paced life, how you can build a routine around it and how you can just live a a healthy life just by maintaining your routines, patterns of diets and exercise. I think that, that book made a profound impact on me. I think it's a must read for everybody.
0: Okay, last question. Can you tell us about someone you admire? It doesn't necessarily have to be someone in business.
1: I will go back to uh, the 11th president of India, Dr. Kalam. I mean, he changed my life. And in fact, he he changed a lot of ways our country was and our country thinks. He's one person I'll always think of.
0: Fantastic. Well, Agam, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a wonderful conversation.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Take good care.